It's Mrs. Doubtfire coming up next. Welcome to Six Degrees. I'm Michael Ornelas, and joining me today is Erica McMullen and Jen Ho. How are we doing today, ladies? Wonderful. Amazing. Yeah, Jen, you, Jen, you just got <laughs> back from uh, a trip to Hawaii. How was that? I did. It was so nice to be out in warm weather. I'm sorry if that's offensive to some of you right now, depending on when you're located. But it was great. I got to explore a lot, got to tan a little, got to eat good food. Lovely. Which island? The big island, the island of Hawaii. Oh, lovely. Lovely. And you went to the volcano there, right? They have a... Oh, my God. Yeah. So I took this picture and someone asked me if it was a green screen. Was it you? I think that was me. <laughs> I was so offended. Why would I post a picture in front of a green screen? Every single kind of like landmark like that has that option for tourists. Like Not that one. That was legit. Yeah. I was like long exposure, homie. <laughs> have you been, Erica, to Hawaii? They really have green screens? For no. That? When I was in Hawaii and I went to uh, Oahu, one of the areas, um, I should know what it's called, apologies, but one of the coves there, they have a green screen before you actually go to the beach where, like, it's the backdrop of the cove. You've never seen these things? Oh, my gosh. That's kind of weird. That's so weird. Um, yes, I have been I have been to Maui before. Um, my, my uncle used to live there. He lived there for, like, 50 years, so we used to go out oh, and yeah. visit him. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah, Hawaii's beautiful place. I do want to go back. Hawaii sounds one day. great considering I'm currently in Portland and we finally got the snow to melt after about a week. So, you know, relocation time. It's nuts, man. Pray- prayers out to everybody in Portland, prayers out to everybody in Texas. It's a crazy yeah, time right yeah, now. 100%. So, with that being said, uh let you let everyone break away from the reality of the winter. Um and today we have a exciting episode. We have Mrs. Doubtfire. um an incredible movie came out in 1993 uh just to kick off what are some thoughts you guys have of your first time watching this do you remember when you first saw this um i probably don't remember like the first like exact time that i watched it i just remember it being a pretty big part of my childhood like we would quote this movie all the time we'd watch it like consistently i'm pretty sure like my grandma had it on vhs like um great movie yeah super entertaining even more entertaining now as an adult but i just remember being so entertained by it as a child this is robin williams is all around (laughs) entertainer yeah absolutely you know pierce brosnan is the one that got us to this film and uh kind of a quick recap we started with v for vendetta that's what the uh, wheel of cinema chose for us there, our audience voted for Natalie Portman, which took us to Mars Attacks. And then Mars Attacks had Pierce Brosnan, who got us into Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, so Mrs. Doubtfire, like I said, released in 1993, directed by Christopher Columbus. Uh, not the bad one, uh, the <laughs> director. This was written by Randy Singer and Leslie Dixon. And this film's main stars are Robin Williams, Sally Fields, and as I said, our second degree of separation, Pierce Brosnan. So for our summary, who wants to take a crack at it this week? Yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, go ahead and summarize for you. It's weird watching this film 
as you're older, you realize kind of how sad it is. So it's uh, Robin Williams and Sally Field. They're uh, they're married. We have the strict mom. We have the fun-loving dad. And at the very beginning, they get a divorce. They're like, she's, I can't do it anymore. I used to love you. I don't love you anymore. Like, well, let's get a divorce. And you kind of see, like, the process of, like, everything that's going on. Him getting a new apartment, her staying in the house. He doesn't get to see the kids as much. Um, they don't let him pick him up from school. All, all, all this stuff is happening, right? So Robin Williams finds out that she's looking for a nanny babysitter type person to come and help around the house since he's not going to be there anymore. And she doesn't want to give him the opportunity um, to be with his kids to do all this stuff because she doesn't think he's responsible enough. And we see, you know, he's lost multiple jobs. He's trying to keep a job and it's just. It's all crazy. It's like a typical like divorce story. And so Robin Williams changes the numbers on <laughs> the ad, the personal ad that she's about to put out. Like so classic. Like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. So every time she, he starts calling her saying like responding to the ad and this just kills me. So basically, it's just this array of different people that he's pretending to be, and it's hilarious. Yeah, my name is Ilsa Immelman, and I want to know how many children do you have? I have two girls and a boy. Oh, a boy. I don't work with the males, because I used to be one. It's, it's so great, because I'm not sure, like, 100% how much they scripted this part i've heard like stories of them just like right. letting robin williams do what he did and for him just like you just see him in those moments <laughs> just like dying laughing like it's the best so finally you know sally field's character she's about to give up poor miranda that's her character's name she's just like i this is the worst like i'm never gonna find anyone finally robin williams does this voice and it's the voice of Mrs. Doubtfire. She's very calm, very pleasant. She's like explaining like I'm perfect for this job. And Sally feels like this is the one. <laughs> like here she is. And she asked him for her name and he's like, oh shoot, like <laughs> I didn't think it was gonna get this far. And that's where we get the name Mrs. Doubtfire. He sees doubt fire in the newspaper said my name's so Mrs. I Doubtfire. I think that's about so, the point where this movie really takes off as far as seeing what Daniel, who's the character of Robin Williams, is willing to go yes. to see his kids. Is yeah. To see his kids. He explains when he, they're in the court and they're explaining like you can only see your kids. He's like, no, but my kids are my life. Like if you take my kids away from me. So we're seeing how far he'll go. And this is where I think it takes, like, the happy turn in the movie because we get to see Mrs. Doubtfire. One of my favorite, absolutely favorite moments of this movie is he goes to his brother's house. And he says, So, so just for content, well, first of all, Erica, I love your summaries because you go over the entire movie. So we don't, we don't miss a beat on your summaries. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. But I, I will say with the so scene much. you're talking on, uh, Daniel goes to his, his gay brother's house uh, with his brother's partner, who are essentially like makeup and uh, hairstylists. They're right. like in the industry, I think. Yeah. Like they do prosthetics, makeup, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff for, for like Hollywood or whatever. Um, and he goes, he goes to his brother's house. He says, "Make me a woman." And his brother's like, yeah. "Oh, honey, I'm so proud." <laughs> like he's just like waited for this moment his whole <laughs> life, and um. We get some iconic movie yeah. references yeah. in this next oh, scene. It was such a shanda. I should never buy gribbiness from a moil. It's so chewy. No, no, I feel like Bobby. This is not working. Yeah, no, this isn't working. But don't worry, it's a work in progress. And you're my brother. I will never let you be embarrassed. God bless you. I think we're going to have to do the entire face. But look at this nice thing that we have here. So finally they do the plaster, they get they get the the latex and everything and they make Mrs. Doubtfire. They make her into this old woman, like just adorable. Like she I like it's so funny seeing Robin Williams as this character. Just adorable. Like you're just like, oh my god, like that is yeah. the nice little grandma yeah. that lives on the corner. And apparently, the, the prosthetics <laughs> that they used was so good that his own family couldn't recognize him. Um, there was a report that Robin would go throughout yeah. San Francisco, even went into an adult bookstore to shop, and was not oh recognized. So, kudos to. Yeah, and amazing, you know, and it's it's crazy seeing like that, and then seeing like how far we've come in movies like as far as like prosthetics cgi like whatever you decide you know and like it's just evolved so much but it's just like seeing her seeing mrs doubtfire it's just so iconic when you first see her in her full outfit um so she goes to the interview gets the job and then we go through this weird like pushback from the kids because the Uh kids are like we just want our dad like what's going on so finally like they accept her everything's going well the kids are doing good in school they're doing their chores she basically gets this family back on track while meanwhile daniel robin williams character he's getting his life on track so it's not it's like a parallel where he's like fixing his family but also fixing himself because he wants to see his kids again, but it gets to the point where Stu yeah. Pierce Brosnan's Ew, more of a soup, my dear. Uh, yeah, more of a soup, my dear. Um, and he's interested in Miranda, and she's like, "I'm going through a divorce right now. Like, I'm trying to figure things out." But like, as the movie goes on, they're basically building this life together <laughs> with Mrs. Doubtfire and without Daniel. 
and he's kind of pushing himself out of the family in a way like with Mrs. Doubtfire so he's doing much better than he was at the beginning of the movie like he's able to hold these jobs he has these meetings with um this I think it's a she's a social worker technically right yeah so he's had these meetings so we get these like iconic scenes like throughout the movie the first time that Mrs. Doubtfire meets the social worker <laughs> is where we see her. We get her, like, sc- he's scrambling back and forth. That's when he, like, destroys his mask. Um, we get the, what's the iconic when uh, he's vacuuming the, he's vacuuming the house. And it's, like, yes, to Aerosmith's yeah. do look like a lady. And it's just, like, he's rocking out. And he's just, like, having a good time. He's finally putting his life together. But like I said, he's building a life for his family with Mrs. Doubtfire. And so I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that dynamic, uh, like the family dynamic. You you mentioned yeah. how Sally or Miranda is a bit of like the strict, uh, really regimented mother figure. And then Daniel comes off as like the fun dad, you know, no, you know. And it's amazing yeah. to see how Daniel transforms not only physically into Mrs. Doubtfire, but one of the first rules he lays down for the kids is like, okay, I'm here now. You're not going to watch TV. You're going to do your homework. You're going to be responsible, these kind of things. And it's fascinating that being in that position, Daniel realizes how important that is. And then, like you said, he kind of applies his teachings to the kids and family to his own life. Yeah, so he's um, emotionally changing as well. He's realizing that he maybe should have been paying a little bit more attention to how he was perceived by his wife now, ex-wife, and, like, how that was affecting his kids. Like, don't get me wrong. He loves his kids. He loves being that person. But when you have that dynamic between those two people, you see like the toll it takes and they got a divorce. It, they were together for, I think 14 years in that movie. And it's still like, you know, it's sometimes it's not enough to just love that person. You have to take responsibility for what you're doing. Go ahead, Jen. Sorry. So I just think it's funny and a little ironic that Miranda has explicitly told Daniel for 15 years, what she wants out of like, his contribution to the family, but it took him assuming a whole nother character to be able to provide what's like been asked of him for so long. And if Doubtfire didn't exist, would he have ever gotten his shit together? Yeah. You know, it probably not. I'm going to say no, (laughs) but then we do have a moment in the movie where Mrs. Doubtfire and Miranda are talking about it. And she tells him, no, I fell in love with his spontaneity. I fell in love with, he was able to make me laugh and all that stuff. But then she like says to Mrs. Doubtfire, it was always a joke. Like everything was a joke. And you kind of like sit there. I mean, like I said, as we grow older, we see like kind of how like sad yeah. of a movie it is because he's like slowly, slowly losing right, his family. And it's right bef- uh, because in front of, of his, his eyes, right before his eyes that this is happening. Yeah. And then he's like, and then he he almost slips up and he's about to be like, well, why didn't you? He was like, well, why didn't you tell me kind of thing, you know, but it some of those things are like, 
I shouldn't have yeah. to tell you. I, I love <laughs> to like stop joking around. Can you imagine <laughs> witnessing yourself getting bashed by your family and your ex-wife? Like you're just Asking a fly on the wall. And that's getting close to your kids. Like, yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. And leave it to us, you know, uh, late twenties, early thirties, to be jaded and just. Uh, Take this hilarious movie and be like, man, this is really a downer. <laughs> this shit hurts. Robin Williams is deep, um, bro. So one thing one thing I wanted to touch on, speaking of tissues and sad, uh, for me at least, because I used to live there, is the setting of San Francisco. Um, I felt myself just wanting to cry every time I saw the inclined street or the the bay water or the <laughs> parking signs with graffiti on them just very <laughs> oh, yeah, very, sentimental very baby. Uh, san francisco <laughs> but there's been some great movies that have been made in san francisco um from some of the older ones vertigo uh hitchcock film you have a bullet with steve mcqueen um escape from alcatraz the graduate um, all great movies. So San Francisco is one of, uh, even more recently, some of the Marvel films, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who is it? Ant-Man is in San Francisco. Uh, so it, it's a it's a great city to have. It's very unique. When you see it on film, you know it's San Francisco. So um, you guys have both been to San yeah. Francisco. Oh, yeah. I'm the only one oh, that's emotionally distraught about it. <laughs> we did go outside, outside lands. a wonderful festival. I only packed crop tops because I was like, oh, summer music festival in California. It's August. It'll be hot. It was 50 degrees. I was freezing my ass off for like three days. Yeah. Yeah. San Francisco's hit or miss, man. You're either getting that like fog rolled in and it's And you cold, can have you both have, like, in the same day in day. different parts of the city. It's incredible. But yeah. speaking of outside lands, just quickly, well, I do miss music festivals, music events. I'm going to touch every stranger. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then me and Eric are going to have to bail you out of jail. I know, right? I think the the biggest thing I've ever done oh in San Francisco God. was Santa Con. Oh. How cool. 2016, you, That is like I think. the most hated event of San Francisco. I'm, sure. I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> I sure had the did. best time of uh, my life. Just for life. context, for those of you listening and not familiar. So Santa Con <laughs> is essentially a day in San Francisco where everyone dresses up as Santa Con. Not just in San Francisco, too. They have one in oh. New York. They have one in they, Seattle. They have. Okay. It's starting to be like a big city okay. event. Well, one just year, go bar I do remember while I was Santa in San Claus. Francisco, uh, <laughs> someone actually like robbed a bank during Santa Con, dressed as Santa, <laughs> makes a run for it, and it's just a mob of Santas. It's almost, Santa. brilliant. it's almost brilliant. You know what? I don't condone... But that's Crime. pretty good, huh? That's pretty but good. that is genius. Uh, so mo moving on, uh, just a little more about San Francisco. So that house <laughs> that they used um, on Steiner Street, uh, that's the actual address. Steiner. Uh, and <laughs> oh, actually, when Robin Williams yeah. had passed away, a lot of people flocked to that house to make a memorial. Rest in peace, Robin. Um, so, yeah, that's a real mm -hmm. house you can go visit. People go and, and see the Mrs. Doubtfire house. Yeah, well, you have to think, I mean, for children, you know, huge nostalgia movie, but I believe he was in Hook yeah. before this movie. Yeah. So it's like two huge movies for kids to, you know, like remember like from their childhood and then, you know, Robin Williams passed away and we were old enough to like understand and 
remember how important he was. So I, I totally I mean, understand like people want to, yeah, like you said, for, for and, people you know, in, in, like I said, late, late twenties, early to mid thirties, like Robin Williams was our childhood. Like I would say him and maybe like a Jim yeah. Carrey as far as go. Um, but Robin was oh, definitely yeah, yeah. one of those that transcended the comedic two drama roles. Yeah, Carrie did that as well. I, I'm pretty sure he might've been one of the first actors. Sure that I like really cried over passing away. Yeah. Where you've, I felt like very emotionally like distraught over it, you know? Cause there's like certain people, like they mean more to like our parents, like our parents, you know, saw them in more movies or like if you have certain genres, like other people, you know, but like Robin Williams, that one very much like I was distraught for a while over his death. Rest in, rest in paradise to that man, you know, like, mental health you know quick little pause you know if you're struggling there are plenty of resources out there especially right now in COVID times you know it's very hard time to you know be on your own be isolated reach out listen to our podcast even though we're going down we're trying to brighten you guys' day I know I'm really sad right now guys I know (laughs) even though we're going down like a sad movie like sometimes you know like those more relatable films um, kind of help us a little bit more, you know, like moving on to the next step or trying to, you know, cope with stuff. But that was one thing I yeah. like really, really noticed watching Mrs. Doubtfire again as an adult is seeing Robin Williams and like his eyes would just light up a room, but knowing Ugh. that there was so much pain and agony behind those eyes, like, oh, it just made me so yeah, sad. I mean- you know, we we yeah. could talk about Robin all all day, um, and we might do that on our next episode since see if be our next degree. But um, <laughs> I'll I'll just say that this film, you know, came out in '93. I was seven years old. Uh, my family had been separated, or my, my parents. Uh, so at the time, you know, you don't. I don't want to say I necessarily gravitated towards a kid's point of view or like I was still too young to really get that it was just a funny movie I remember when I got my molars pulled out was one of the times I watched Mrs. Doubtfire and I fell asleep right by the party scene like just these weird random things that I remember about this movie but as an adult like you really find how many things went over your head as a kid like even even the slightest little like jab of a joke that you know Robin will deliver or these little things you would never catch. He's so there great so many it. of them so yeah. quick. Especially when they jazz. get to the, the so Such a Chris Brosnan, guy. who's Stu, takes the family to like a beach club. Uh, I, I was trying to figure out where this was because it's definitely not in San Francisco, maybe Berkeley. But um, it, it takes them to this beach club and Daniel Robin Williams is there just watching Pierce Brosnan in all his glory in his little swim trunks, you know, just glistening in yeah. the sunlight. Oh, yeah. And at this point, two of the kids know. Oh, and yeah. tell us, Erica, how do they find that out? That it's him. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. <laughs> this poor kid, dude. Traumatized. <laughs> I couldn't imagine either. So Mrs. Doubtfire uses the restroom now. He has male anatomy, so he's standing up going pee. And his son walks in and sees it and is like, oh, my God. <laughs> what is happening? This- intruder like what is going on like we gotta go we gotta call 911 (laughs) we gotta call 911 we gotta like she grabs like a tennis racket and is just like ready to like beat the crap out of him and then 
finally comes out and says like no like it's me like it's your dad like this is the only way I knew how to spend time with you guys and to like be there for you guys and this is how I yeah. know like they were just yeah. raising great children they accept it right no, away. It's, it's, like, I, I actually just like, like oh my god okay like we can do this the like, son where like you know Daniel kind of goes in like you know to give him a hug and he's really hesitant and I think that really portrays kind of the 90s male mindset of like not understanding something especially dealing with like sexuality and, and daniel's like oh it's okay yeah it's a guy yeah thing. i get it so it's just interesting to capture that totally that whole conversation my favorite was like would be so yeah. different now you know there's so much more knowledge behind yeah. just different types of yeah. people and it's and it's in san francisco so just like the setting of yeah. it too. One of one of my one of my favorite lines too is he's like, "Dad, do you actually like oh, wearing yeah. this stuff?" He's like, "Oh yeah, it's like, like it's kind of comfortable." For sure. in some he's areas. like, "No, I don't actually <laughs> like wearing this stuff." Hey everyone, it's Erica. Hope you are all staying safe and healthy out there. Just a quick reminder: we do have a Twitter and Instagram account. Our Twitter is at Six Degrees Pod. That's the number six i x degrees pod. And our Instagram is at six degrees podcast. Same thing at the number six IX degrees podcast. Everyone stay safe and save the bees. So some fun facts about this film. Uh, and again, we looked at these online, so we're going to assume they're credible, right? Everything you read online is true. Um, during the scene when Mrs. Selner, who's like the, the social worker that's checking on Daniel, uh, comes to inspect Daniel's apartment and Daniel makes tea as Mrs. Doubtfire, but his face has been run over by the truck. That whole it, scene. He's in the fridge trying to see so what he can great. cover himself with. And there's like a pie there. So as soon as walks in he smashes his face into Meringue. it and here she is you know with her with her cream her cream face what kills me is that he has a full meringue pie yeah. for a one yeah. person one person and maybe, maybe do a close look too of that scene. Like is that a cake that even has meringue on it because it looks like normal frosting but it looks like meringue it might be a cake i don't actually remember if it was a meringue i just love that it's just like and it's so, dripping off into her coffee so when that scene, my fun fact is that wasn't scripted that just the lights on set melted the cream so when it fell to the cup that was just robin williams oh my improvising gosh. and that just shows like how gold he is on his feet so i thought that was really interesting the whole scene before that, too, where he's changing and taking off Mrs. Doubtfire, everything that he is doing, he has a joke that correlates to that. And that totally went over my head as a child. Like, when he unhooks his bra, he's like, oh, I have two big, new big developments. <laughs> the worst is those poor kids, though. Those poor kids across oh, the apartment. Just watching the whole thing happen. And they're just, like, laughing. One other fun fact that comes up is later in the movie when they're at the, the restaurant, with Pierce Brosnan and the family, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Daniel actually has a meeting with a TV uh, executive for his own show, a meeting about that. Uh, there's a part where his her <laughs> dentures fall in to their drink. Two things about that. One, it was improvised. The whole cast and crew didn't know Robin Williams was going to do that. So the reactions, the reactions you see are genuine. And secondly, <laughs> he says, carpe dentum. 
which is kind of a reference to Carpe Diem from Dead Poet Society. Um, oh. other- well, let's let's pause there real quick because this is where Sally Field, the daughter, and Pierce Brosnan character, the youngest daughter, oh, sweet baby angel, I love her so much, and Pierce Brosnan's character, this is where they find out that Mrs. Doubtfire is Daniel. The, for yeah. me, it's my oh shit moment. We'll get to that, yeah. but like... This is the oh shit moment where he's going back and forth because the TV director, producer, he's meeting him and he's simultaneously there for Miranda's birthday. So they're in the smoking area. He's in the (laughs) non-smoking area. They're going back. He's going back and forth. And... At this point, he's sitting with the TV producer as Mrs. Doubtfire. He's getting so drunk off the scotch that this TV producer (laughs) is ordering. They've had like five scotches at that point. We're all gone, you know. And he's sitting with this TV producer dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire. Boom, he has that light bulb moment. And he's like, Daniel, are you dressed as a woman? He's char- like, this is oh, the new. Yeah. This, this is going to be the new character of your TV show. He kind of just was like, all right, like, what do I do? I'm sitting here dressed as a woman. Like, what like do I do? Like the host of your new show. Host? You for Doubtfire, dear. I specialize in the education and entertainment of children. Surprise. And he, he puts, kind like, of sabotages Pierce Brosnan's food. Pierce then, Brosnan says he's allergic oh, to pepper, right. which I've never heard yeah, of. Yeah, he's okay. allergic to pepper. Like, I'm um, sorry if there are people who are allergic yeah, to pepper. Yeah, let us know I've never what heard about. <laughs> yeah, disclaimer, we're not, like, making fun of you. We just didn't know that that was actually a thing. Um, so Pierce Brosnan eats this shrimp that has pepper on it. He is dying. He's choking on a piece of shrimp. And his face falls off. Mask comes off. I mean, he's been going back and forth in between this costume, so I'm sure something's gone wrong. His mask comes off, so we have his littlest daughter and his Realizing. ex-wife and Pierce Brosnan's character, who now see that Mrs. Doubtfire is, in fact, Daniel. Sally Field, I mean, she is just a phenomenal actress. Yeah. By her, She could stand alone. Yes. It's just great. The range of emotion that goes on in her face, like the angry, the shocked, the are you freaking kidding me? Like, how did I not know? You know what I mean? And she she leaves. They leave the restaurant. With that, you actually bring up some more. And it's on her birthday. Uh, One is that Robin Williams throughout the film would try to break Pierce Brosnan, like make him break character. And apparently he would make all kind of sexual into window <laughs> jokes when he was choking on the shrimp. Shout out to our second degree Pierce Brosnan. Like he legit looked like he was choking. One that it was like hot or spicy and then the actual and... choke. Like you're like, oh shit, he's <laughs> he's really choking. Um and then like, is he gonna be when okay? you're talking about Sally Fields, one other thing is during the time of this filming, she was actually going through a divorce with film producer Alan Greisman. Um so I think a lot of 
her incredible acting came from kind of, you know, fresh, raw emotions. Real life experience. Do yeah. you guys think that maybe she over, not her, but her character overreacted and how she portrayed Daniel to the court and the judge? Because I think that it was a little harsh. Like, yeah, he was kind of irresponsible, but to only be able to see your children like on supervised visits, like that's a little harsh. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it it sucks. So we're we're jumping to the court scene where she's like, dude, judge, he's been pretending to be a woman, has been in my house. And, you know, I think it would have been different if it was, like, another person doing it. But the fact that it was, like, their father doing it, yeah, I think she might have been a little bit harsh. I mean, to be fair, the range of emotion she's going through, I'm sure she's just probably really, really, really freaking angry at him. Um, But, yeah, you know... uh, he's he's in the courtroom and he delivers the speech he's just like my kids are a part of me you've already taken that away from me and now you're telling me you know one thing about that whole scene again as an adult you really get the weight of it and the language used and daniel really gives and and because we've watched the movie because we followed him on this journey we believe that it's true and we know that it's true that he cares about his kids so much like he's he's addicted to them he needs them and the judge just feels like it's just another farce, just another act. He's like, yeah, I think yeah. he tells them. He's like, you know what? He's like, while I think, you know, you might actually love your children, I don't know whether or yeah. not this is just another scene yeah. that you're doing. You just you just played a whole different person. He said you I'm going to so keep many my uh, yeah. opinion on yeah. the ruling by the judge for my hot take. Well, well let's, let's revisit that. Uh, this movie was actually the second highest grossing film of 1993. Can you guess what the number one was? Oh, wow. Steven Spielberg. It's your movie, Erica. I'm not sure. Jurassic Park, number one in 93. My movie? Jurassic Park? Before voicing Pudgy, Robin Williams (laughs) voiced the genie in Aladdin in 1992. Batty Coda from... Mm -hmm. Ferngo. It came out in 92 Oh as my well. gosh, that movie. Uh, and then he took on this role in 93. Uh, one other thing, there's a, like here we do our six degrees of separation. There's actually some degrees of separation in dressing and drag. Uh, Robin Williams, hear me out. Robin Williams previously appeared in Hook. And in Hook, that was with Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman played drag in the film Tootsie. Robin Williams' brother in the film uh, Harvey Fierstein, who is the 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 gay brother that we we're talking about, he does his own drag performance in Hairspray Live in 2016. Uh, the character was actually a woman, uh, but nonetheless, there's some connection there. And if we want to do a little preview for our next pod, Robin Williams is in the Birdcage, and that whole movie has all kinds of <laughs> cross dressing. And- I'm excited to see this movie. So yeah, before before we get to the birdcage, let's wrap up our movie. So at the end, you know, we were already kind of talking about like our judge. Um, he basically told Daniel, yeah, you're not going to see your kids anymore. Supervised visits with the person for a certain amount of time. All that kind of stuff. And Miranda just sees him break down in the courtroom 
So fast forward a little bit, we kind of see the kids. So we actually don't even know what happens with Miranda and Pierce Brosnan's character. Like we don't see him. That's a good point. He's not. I don't know if he's like not a part of the life. I don't know if they continue dating. So we kind of we kind of open to interpretation. Yeah, but they're uh, they're all cooking in the kitchen, and it's the three kids and Miranda, and they miss Mrs. Doubtfire. They miss everything that she brought to the home, and Sal Miranda Sally Fields character, she's like, (laughs) she doesn't even exist. Like, why are we even like having this conversation? And we see, we hear Mrs. Doubtfire's voice. Actually, we hear her from the other room and everyone's like, what? what? What's happening? And Daniel landed that show with the TV producer. The TV producer's like, you know what? Let's go for it. And Mrs. Doubtfire now has a TV show. So they can spend as much time with her as they can, all that kind of stuff. It's and, a bit um, the show. The show reminded it's me a big like, hit. like it's between Sesame Street hilarious. and like She's Mr. Rogers' Jackson. Neighborhood. Like they have the mailman that brings you know mail. Yes, and it's perfect. Like it's a perfect setting for her to like talk to kids. To you know be. I mean, you find that like that's just Daniel's mm-hmm. purpose is to like take care of kids, to teach them things, to help them, all that kind of stuff. And he gets to do it through television as another character. Um, so Sally Fields' character, Miranda, she goes sure. to the... I, I'm not sure if... We don't know, like, if it's the same day. We don't know if it's, like, a week. We we don't really have the timeline. Yeah, and she goes down and she just... She apologizes. She's like, I was so angry at you. But I didn't realize that, like, you were only doing it because you wanted to spend time with your kids. Her goal and intent to be there is to apologize and essentially open up lines of communication they still start arguing. They still like, and that is so real in a broken relationship. <laughs> like you can have two people that have like had time to kind of settle totally, yeah. and then you just start yeah. the chemistry, the, the poor chemistry and it just erupts into an argument. And I just love that they, they, they showed that dynamic. Yeah. Which like you said, very mm-hmm. realistic, like having a conversation like that, especially after everything that they've been through together and everything that Daniel's done he's not innocent in this but you know we find that because of the reasons that he did it it's a little bit more acceptable she's like you know what i talked to the judge this is what's we're gonna change this so then at the very end is the scene where the doorbell rings it's dad and so he she just tells him he's gonna be the one to pick you up he's going to be the one to do all this stuff like you're going to be able to spend time with your dad and everyone's so excited like it just breaks my heart because they are all just they're so happy to be with you know the dad. one there's one because... scene that was like that too when she goes to pick up the kids from daniel's place and it's all fully decorated he's cooked spaghetti like and just her absolute surprise it's like to my to her pleasant surprise you know you could feel that warmth and like it gives you hope that maybe they'll get back together that there's a possibility you know since he's redeemed himself and she's impressed yeah that maybe but at the end of the movie it's still i would still say it's a pretty sure. happy ending although it's not a happily ever after ending 
it's like the amicable amicable ending that we wanted like we're like okay he's gonna get they're not getting back together we can see that but they're spending time together like they're they're being civil they're making the co-parenting work and he gets to spend time with his kids that's like the main thing that you root for is like i hope he gets Mm -hmm. his kids back like i hope he gets to spend time with his kids so i think i think i know the answer to this but would you ladies qualify this as a potent quotable absolutely What's your, what, what's your favorite quote from the movie? Um, it's when know his littlest daughter, and I always forget Matilda. her name for some reason. I know, <laughs> Matilda. Um, but Miranda goes to pick them up the first time that they're with um, Daniel, and it's kind of a mess. She's, like, beeping for them to come down. And he tells him, he's like, no, like, he screams at them because he's frustrated at this point. He's like, no, like, you're my goddamn kids, too. And so Miranda comes up to pick him up. And he's, like, Uh. trying to, you know, get her to, like, give him a little bit more time and all this kind of stuff. And we're his goddamn kids, too. And she just has, like, like, so adorable. Yes, the little boys, the little You have a quote, then? Oh, it sends me. It's so so great. Uh, It's a... that, Actually, that's my favorite quote. Mrs. Doubtfire's whole yeah. little monologue about the vibrator that Miranda has in her room. For a little competition. I beg your pardon? She's got a power tool in the bedroom, dear. It's her personal jet cam. She could break a sidewalk with that thing. She uses it in the light stem. It's like a prison movie. Maybe she hasn't chipped her teeth. I hope you bring cocktail sauce. She's got the crabs, dear. And I don't mean Benjamin's. And that is, and that's such a great freaking moment so great and just pierce brosnan's character is like choking on his drink and he's just like what is happening right now like this old because at that point they don't know it's daniel he's like this old lady is talking to me my favorite quote i mean (laughs) it's not one quote i think it's just that whole scene with uh, mrs Silner at the beginning where he's like trying to express what he does i do voices what do you mean you do voices friend I do voices. Yes! We've come to this planet looking for intelligent life. Oops, we made a mistake. We're happy to be in America. Don't ask for a green card. <laughs> I want you in the worst way. Well, it's certainly a rough meeting, and it's not going very well for me, I'll tell you that. Hey, boss, give it a change. She's going to loosen up any moment. <laughs> Look at me right now, money penny. I want to undo that bow and get to know you. I'm crazy to make a deal with you! Nancy and I are still looking for the other half of my head. He's <laughs> idiot! Don't make me smack it, sweetheart. I'll do it. I do a great impression of a hot dog. <laughs> the hot dog it's kills me. It's too good. Um, so yes, that will be Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> is a potent quotable. Uh oh shit moment. Erica, you said yours was. Yeah, when they find out it's Daniel. It, it goes between that and that, when so, his two older kids. So I think that's mine. When find like, out it's the him. son Those sees are both Daniel like, Peen standing up. Because you don't necessarily expect it. Like, things are going smooth. And he's like, all right, I'm going to take a leak or whatever she says. So he probably doesn't say that. <laughs> but, but like, when, like, you're, like, almost <laughs> as shocked as the son as you're watching it happen. Even though you know, like, you, you still have that, like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's, it's going down now. Mine is when she sits down as Mrs. Yeah. Del, or he sits down as Mrs. Delfire with his new boss. No, I was like, oh, no shit. Like, he has thing. no idea he is a woman um, now. Any <laughs> underrated characters? 
Um, I mean, the brother's great. I mean, we don't get, I think the thing that kind of, we don't get a lot of him. He, he owns, oh, like, he is if like you're a battling very, against Robin Williams, I thought he can was still share the screen the way he did. Phenomenal chemistry. Um, any hot takes? I'll open with this just because I, I mentioned I was saving it. I would argue that the judge was lenient on Daniel. I mean, if you think about what he actually did was disguise himself, intruded in a house for a span of, I don't know, months, I would imagine. Um, and now you want to be able to still see your kids. Like, I'm just thinking, what would that look like in a trial today? I want to say he would be on more of like a probationary type of thing. Maybe it's kind of unprecedented. Then. Like it's not something that happens all the time. Yeah. It's in not courts, something, you know, um, but yeah, if we're, if we're setting this in a real life perspective, then yes, the judge went lenient, but it's in a movie. We're seeing everything that's happening. It's pretty devastating. I don't want to say she overreacted. Yes, that would be my hot take is like now that I would <laughs> advise anybody who watches this nowadays to so like prep yourself because like I did find myself very, very sad at some yeah. moments. Great film. Love it. Lovely. Mm, okay. Probably like an 8.9 out of 10. I think it's timeless. Yeah. Uh, I found it just as much entertaining, if not more, than when I watched it as wow. a child. Awesome. <laughs> so I would say like uh, For me, I think this is the 10. perfect example of a perfect family film that like any age could watch it and you thoroughly enjoy it. One other thing I would say is from when Daniel as Mrs. Doubtfire and the family get to Bridges, the restaurant, to the reveal of Mrs. Doubtfire being Daniel should be studied in film school. Like that whole like tension and build up and dialogue and funny dramatic like everything building up to that reveal is fantastic fantastic uh rating rating wise uh i'm giving it a 9.2 which i think is quite high for me but i i can't find reasons to lower <laughs> to have a lower rating it's just yeah. thoroughly thoroughly a good movie uh so that brings us to a preview to our next episode, mm -hmm. our next movie, and our next degree of separation, who is the late, great Robin Williams. Um, it's obviously, it's hard not to talk about him in this, <laughs> in this episode, in this film, but we'll jump into him and the birdcage next episode. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts about that one? I am... This actually yeah. probably makes... Uh, it's pretty high up there on some of my favorite films to watch. This is like a very enjoyable film. You have please, so please much do. going on. And if you have not watched this yeah. movie, please, please, please watch it. You guys should so watch great. it before our next episode. <laughs> so you can, uh... Oh, I, like, I plan uh, on oh, watching you, it. The listener. I've... Watched, like, the trailer. So <laughs> oh, I'm like, uh, I know I am. Like, Jen, I love that movie. I'm so excited to hear your perspective having not seen it. And it's interesting. I feel like The Birdcage <laughs> is one of those Robin Williams movie that doesn't get a lot of light because he's made so many great films that it gets overlooked sometimes. But you also have to remember that Nathan Lane is so... Sure brilliant sure. that it makes sense that people don't remember it as a Robin Williams film. 
because like Nathan Lane, I mean, both of them great actors, like in, in and, everything they do. Every, and I mean, everything I will not, that, that might be a hot <laughs> take. Everything they do is amazing. <laughs> um, but Nathan Lane really steals the show. And I think that that's why a lot of people don't remember it as a Robin Williams film. Um, yeah, and, and not to mention Hank Azaria, okay. who plays Agador, uh, Agador, uh, who's kind of like their male servant, if you will. I, yes. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks to release our Birdcage, ep- the Birdcage episode. Until then, take care and be safe. Till next Bye. time.